Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, our first ever NFL Sunday record. This is, uh, my schedule is way off. I barely turned the TV on at one o'clock today to get to the games, but uh, how are you doing today? You know, I, I'm doing just fine. I, I, I'm uh, still going off the high of uh, The Mandalorian. I, you know, no spoilers here, but but wow, this last episode was pretty uh, fantastic for those of you Star Wars fans out there. Um, you know, and 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 I'll tell you what, it this uh, Wednesday to Tuesday kind of game schedule is a little strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's what I'm saying. I like looked up at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some football games yeah. starting now. And uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Uh, but uh, we're here, like we said, on December 6th, recording um, the Ravens lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a very strange game last Wednesday, some Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, hopefully everybody was able to uh, just move their mouse around a little bit during work, that last hour of work. Um, but if you missed the game, uh, it was a very, very strange game, very entertaining from my point of view. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this game, uh, but yeah, the, the Ravens did fall 19 to 14, maybe a little bit closer than people were thinking because of the Ravens' uh, losses to either injury or the COVID-19 list. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where you want to start. We've been going good, bad, and ugly after the, the Ravens' losses, but I feel like we can probably just bring up some topics, see how we feel about them, and, and then keep it moving, and then we'll look forward to the Ravens Tuesday night football game uh, as they play against the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that's totally fair. You know, I, I, it's funny, you know, going into this game prior to all of the, you know, outbreak situation. I mean, when we last recorded, I think we were only losing really Dobbins and Ingram were really the guys that, we knew we weren't. Did we know we weren't going to have Lamar at that point? I forget. No, no, um, I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think we did. So, you know, it was it. We weren't real positive about it, but then we're like, oh, this could get ugly, and then it just got comical. I mean, in a yeah, you know, I, I, certainly not in a COVID way, but in a roster way, as far as who was available. Um, so. <laughs> You know, by that point, you're kind of like, it's almost like watching the, you know, third game of the preseason, and you're kind of like intrigued to see what some of the depth does, you know, out there. So, you know, that's kind of how I took it, sadly, because I, I think we could just write it off as a lot pretty quickly once, especially you knew Lamar wasn't going to play. Yeah, and... You know, honestly, like the Steelers didn't play very well either. So this game no. was kind of up for grabs a little bit. You know, the Steelers, I feel, should have uh, handled business a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm, I am really proud of the way that the that the Ravens fought. You know, their mix Absolutely. and match of, uh, you know, existing starters, their backups, guys that they just signed, guys that were brought in off the street. It was a very valiant effort. And... Um, I think, you know, I was so entertained by this game because I went in with no expectations. You know, I was ready for the for the Steelers to come out and win by 20. 
but then I was also ready for like the, for like a really good game and the Ravens to claw it out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have any expectations. Um, I had some fun trying to figure out who was on the field. Um, hard to recognize uh, Mr. Devonte Harris, who actually had a really big game. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, he was—he's just another guy that came in. We was signed. I believe he—he he was waived earlier this year, but um, and and then picked up by the Ravens. But yeah, I mean, it—it it was just fun. Like the the start of the game, it—it it felt like a bowl game to me. It's like December is—is is just feels like college bowl games when you just turn on the TV in the afternoon on a random day, mm-hmm. and there just happens to be some two college football teams that are on the field at the same time and they're going back and forth with turnovers, committing penalties, drop passes. Uh, it was, it, it was just a very, very strange, strange feeling. And for it to be a Ravens Steelers game, made it even weirder. I, I was just very uh, discombobulated with this game, but uh, it was fun. I, I mean, I mean, RG three trying his best, taking some awkward falls and, you know, hope his hamstring is okay. But, you know, watching him play was like, at times, uh, made me laugh out, out loud a little bit. But, uh, man, uh, it, it was yeah, a it really, really weird was game. Not, it, I mean, it was not a pretty football game. There's no, no question about that at all. I mean, it was not something we're going to look back on and go, oh, man, remember that game? You know, outside of the, as you said, valiant effort by the team. I mean, with everything I said about how, you know, I just kind of went in to kind of watch it without any pressure. It was, I mean, man, I, at, at certain points in the game, I was like, I think we might have a chance to win this game. I mean, right. And right. even towards the end, I mean, I I was going to laugh if we won the game. But I mean, you know, when, when Marquise, who I will still not call Hollywood, despite his, his lucky, lucky play, um, you know, I, it was it was pretty cool to say, okay, well, we're actually, we have a chance to win. You know, we're probably not gonna, but we have a chance to win here. Um, so, I mean, all the, all the kudos in the world to the team, no question for their heart, heart and uh, as solid a play as we could have hoped for considering. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's jump into some of the good. Um, I mentioned him already, Devonte Harris, uh, had the forced fumble and a clutch pass breakup uh, as as a member of the secondary. Um, I man, think we he, can he both was... agree. I know we're not. I'm sorry to step in here, but I, you know, we're not doing our normal format. But I think we can probably both agree that the uh, introduction, welcome to the rave, literally welcome to the Ravens moment, kinda for. Uh, I mean, was that his first moment as a Raven? Really. I don't yeah, know, yeah, but, I think that was his first. But anyway, game. you know, welcome to the Ravens moment for Devonte Harris. That can be our pop of the week, I think. You know, for yeah. this week. Um, but wow, what an introduction to uh, Ravens fans for Devonte. Yeah, uh, I believe this was his first game on the Ravens, and yeah, that was his. First well, definitely first appearance. game, but I mean, was that was that his first play? Yes, actually, well, yeah. Then I mean, wow, yeah, that was has his, there that was been a better play. first? official play right yeah that was his first i don't know because the, the offense the offense started you know yeah i don't know i forget but yeah yes anyway. very very neither here nor there neither here yeah nor there. Val, like yeah uh, like the the awareness on his pass breakup as well to you know kind of punch the ball out once once uh it had been caught 
um, was a really nice play as well. And, and he's going to be, he's going to get called on again this week uh, because the, the secondary is still a little bit banged up, but uh, you know, he's, he's still a young guy. He's just 25, third season, third season in the league. But um, yeah, I mean, he seems to have uh, just come up ready to play and <laughs> he had himself a day. So uh, welcome to Baltimore, Mr. Harris. Um, let's see who else was good. I wanted to talk about um, TCC, Tristan Castillo Colon, or is it Colon Castillo? Colon Castillo. Okay. TCC. Real quick, before we get to him, just because it's in the same vein as Devonte Harris, I also wanted to call out Jermon Williams because you know, as far as the guys that were bringing in off the street making good plays. I mean, hey, welcome to Baltimore, Tremont Williams. I mean, he also had a, a fairly decent fairly decent game as well. Now, it looks like he's doubtful for this week. Unfortunately, the uh, the old man uh, might yeah. have a little bit more aches and pains than we would prefer at this point. But, um, but hey, I thought he also had a very nice debut uh, for the Ravens uh, as well. So, so, in the same vein, shout out to Tremont Williams. Um, maybe we haven't uncovered any kind of diamonds in the rough here but it you know hopefully it's another uh you know hey when we got lj fort and you know some of the some of the uh veteran how do i want to say that reinforcement kind of steadying presences for lack of a better term in the locker room i think last year hopefully those two guys can come in and maybe maybe help solidify things if we're really gonna gonna try to make a run here so I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's talk about Cologne Castilla. No, that was a great point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, Williams just like seemed to be everywhere <laughs> for a little yeah. bit there. Like there was always number 29 around the ball. Or well, they were know, definitely attacking nice him too. You know, yeah. which that's another reason why I have to give him a lot of credit because there were certain points in the game where Ben Roethlisberger was obviously attacking him specifically because they were like, "Oh, there's the old guy. Let's mm-hmm. get him." And and he performed more than admirably in that situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now he's he's doubtful for the for the game on Tuesday, but uh, you know maybe hopefully that's just a one game miss for him. But uh, speaking of speaking of the secondary, it looks like the Ravens are going to get Anthony Averett back off of IR. So uh, you know so a little bit of reinforcement there in, in the secondary, uh, getting another guy who started the season on the team back uh, instead of just signing guys off the street um but yeah my guy tristan colon castillo um undrafted rookie free agent gets his first start uh, against a very dif- difficult defensive line albeit missing stefan to it but you know he still has to deal with vernon hargraves um still has to deal with uh isaiah bugs up front so i thought he was pretty good too there there were not too many times where where uh, he stood out in a bad way. So for a guy making his NFL debut, uh, I, I'm pretty impressed so far. And he had some accurate snaps. So what else can you ask for? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, the fact that we didn't hear his name uh, throughout the game says something, uh, you know, for a young center. You know, there weren't fumbled snaps. There weren't, you know, bad exchanges. There weren't. You know, what, whatever you want to call it, everything we've been seeing from Matt Skura the last few weeks. Um, so now, of course, hopefully he, he gets better and McCary gets better and all that good stuff. But um, Colon Castillo, I thought, handled himself 
as well as you could have hoped for a rookie free agent getting his first NFL start against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was good. I'm, I'm curious to see how, uh, as we come forward here, as we get some of the offensive linemen back, uh, does he stick at center and then allow other guys to, to play guard and get, get McCarry back to tackle and um, things like that. So what the offensive line I mean, do you really Tuesday? think they're going to roll with McCarry at tackle? I mean, I know that he played there in that emergency situation. It might be an emergency thing if, if Fluker's just off his game. Yeah. And it seemed I like. Just, I will say, though, we need to find. It's time to find another answer to Fluker. If he can't last more than, you know, a quarter without having to be taken out for some reason, then we need to start playing somebody else there. I mean, I think now that he's off IR, I think you're certainly going to see Tyree Phillips, I would imagine, get. Um, a lot more time there now we'll just have to see how that progresses because he's been somewhat of a china doll as well mm-hmm. uh, i don't want to say china doll but he's been he's certainly had his injury issues this year um so that is just such a problem position right now for us um and again it just shows you how good orlando brown is he's going to be making himself some money this season. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you what. To see, to see him pulling around and, and be the lead blocker out in front of uh, RG3 on that big, what was it, 39, 40-yard run, mm-hmm. that was impressive to see a big guy out there and make, making his block. And so, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not going to be playing right tackle too much longer. No. I think uh, somebody will pay him to be their left tackle. But, uh yeah, so young offensive lineman. I thought Powers was also pretty good uh, overall. Um, so he seems to be getting some good reps in at right guard, which makes me curious about, you know, do they what they do at center? And, you know, is it McCary? Is it yeah. uh, TCC? Is it going back to Skura? You know, who is it going to be? Because it seems like um, – seems like Powers is kind of settling into that right guard spot with, with a lot of snaps there the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it does seem like that. I mean, you know, and it's good to see because we need to figure that out. They need to, whatever that is, it, we need to get something settled on the offensive line. And just for the same reasons why we can't keep starting Fluker if he's not going to be able to make it through a half without, you know, several plays off, you know, we've got to get some sort of cohesiveness on that offensive line. Getting someone like Powers in there saying, okay, you're the starter, and hopefully finishing out the year with that would be great for a myriad of reasons outside of just hopefully stabilizing the right guard position. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, did you have anybody to add onto the the good list? Because um, I have some know, more. I just wanted to give you a shot. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I have to say, you know, Trace McSorling, hell of a throw. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say he looked great or anything like that, but, you know, hell of a throw. That was fun. You know, um, mm-hmm. hopefully we maybe start doing some of that with Lamar. I feel like, you know, a, a, is that something we haven't done with Lamar? Maybe he doesn't look for uh, the wideouts there at that point in the field. I don't know. But I, I was kind of like, oh, we haven't seen something like that in a while. Not that it was pretty or anything like that outside of um, – you know, Brown's Brown's juking and stuff like that. But uh, but anyway, so that just, that play was 
virtually identical to the pick six play. Um, it was it was a receiver in the slot running an out route and then trying to get the corner to bite on that while the wide receiver goes up the field a little bit and is is one on one on one against the safety. The first play, RG three kind of locked in on James Prochet, who was re, who was in the slot and running the mm-hmm. out route. Um, and that's why that that one got picked. This time around, uh, the the corner bit on it again, but uh, McSorley was able to get uh, Marquise Brown the ball before the safety got into position, and it was great to see him get some yards after the catch, um, not just scooting out of bounds. Yeah, I think um, you know that was that was a uh, encouraging play for Marquise, and uh, hopefully you know gets his motor going a little bit uh, as far as the production goes, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, McSorley just strong throw by McSorley, putting out and put in a tough spot, you know. Against yeah, Sealy. I mean, I didn't think I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly not calling for him to get more time or anything like that, unless, unless you know, something, something unforeseen happens. But um, you know, that was nice to see at least something positive out of the quarterbacks. Because let's face it, I mean, sure, he had 68 yards rushing and that nice 39 yard run that he kind of pulled a hammy on or whatever. Or later, you know, probably mm-hmm. because of. Um, but RG three wasn't wasn't all that great looking. Not actually his fault. I think he was, you know, trying his best. But oh, good lord. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get to that uh, in our next section. Um, sure, sure, sure. RG three and Mister Mister. We're trying to look for positives here. Um, I have one. Go for it. Yeah, please, please. Take Marlon it Humphrey. I don't, I don't have a lot of good things to say. Marlon Humphrey. He got back to being Marlon Humphrey. He, he, there was a couple concerning... Uh, concerning is a strong word. There were a couple down performances after he came back from the COVID list. But uh, I think that he got back to being who we expect him to be. He had the two forced fumbles. He had some pass breakups, um, some tight coverage. He did get called for another pass interference. But um, I think that's just kind of what you get with him um Mm -hmm. so yeah i I think he finally got back to the guy that we expect to see week in and week out so that was definitely on the good side for me um anything else let's see Derek wolf continues to impress yes Uh, he's a he's a beast um let's see who else? I mean, I know really, somebody the defenders else. played their hearts out. I mean, the I have nothing really, really did, bad yes. to say about the defense. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm being overly negative about the team. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, the the defense played a hell of a game. They um, did to they, keep us in the ball game. Yeah, I mean, like, not only did they make plays, they seemed to make plays in very key situations where there was third down or fourth down. Um, you know, they, they certainly benefited from a, a few mistakes, a few drops by the Steelers, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you still have to be good enough to take advantage of that. So, uh, I, I'm, you know, they played really well. They're missing guys, um, like Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams again, but you know, I, I think they played really well. You know, it's tough to see Jimmy Smith get hurt, uh, with his groin and, and, you know, he's listed as questionable right now, but, uh, you just, I don't know. I feel like groin injuries are pretty tough, and and yeah, you know, with a with a short week coming back, it might be might be difficult to do that for for him to be active again. But um, I thought Bowser was good again. I was just gonna um, say that actually, Bowser. We need to call that out. I mean, he was great interception. Yeah. 
you know, of course, the, we we botched any sort of positivity from it with the, you know, pick six. But still, you know, I mean, he doesn't doesn't uh, negate really his his potential impact at that point from what he did there. So you got to give him a lot of props. Uh, right, right. And team. even even some of these guys coming up from the practice squad, I believe Aaron Adoye made a really nice play that that Humphrey was very excited about. Um, I, I mean, that tough third down completion that, uh, you know, Big Ben, that iced the game, essentially. Big Ben kind of just floated it up in the air. And uh, I believe it was James Washington coming down. Uh, mm-hmm. Chauncey Rivers was dropping back uh, into into a little zone coverage. Um, so, I mean... There were, there were I have, a, I have a question for you, not not to to interrupt your point here, but this kind of, you know, we're we're just talking about the the practice squad players and getting a chance and you know getting a chance to raise them up each week. What moving forward does this change? Does this somehow impact future roster management that allows more team more players to be involved week to week? from a practice squad perspective um, and just to cover teams and injuries. I think it does. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, is that just part of the, the COVID season being able to do yes. that with the practice squad guys? Absolutely. So yeah. I would be, I would be interested to see if that continues um, into the future because like you said, it gives guys more of an opportunity. It gives more guys more of an opportunity, and I you would think that the players' association would be on board for that. Um, yeah, you know, get get more guys paid and and NFL salary instead of the practice squad salary. But I mean, there are guys who who came out and made plays from uh, from the practice squad. So I mean, yeah, they they are potentially like NFL caliber players. So. I mean, I hope it continues. I think that it would get really interesting roster management-wise because we, we're continuing to see – I started talking about this at the beginning of the year, but, like, freezing four guys on on um, mm-hmm. each week. And, uh, you know, it's, it had been Nick Moore, the long snapper, each week. And then he came in and did a nice job on his snaps. Yeah, so, he, looks uh, very, he has to be called out as a positive, quite frankly. Right. We should, right. yeah. I mean, you, you know, backup long snapper. You know, And thank God really we didn't have... need him to be a left, left-footed left punter for us. But right. he can do that, remember? He could, right, right. So he, he gives you some roster versatility. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just nice to see. And that's that's like, you know, I, I'll be honest. I didn't take any notes on this game. Usually, usually I take no. any no, no, notes and stuff like that. But this game, I kind of just sat and watched and enjoyed uh seeing guys and you know guys that you're not accustomed to seeing uh getting an opportunity and yeah. I, I think i'll just take that as a as a good positive takeaway is that a lot of young guys got to play in an nfl game and that's got to be against cool. an undefeated team that's a bitter rival yeah. i mean away you know i mean it was it's a great test for all these young players i think they all really for the most part, stepped up big mm-hmm. time. Uh, right. You know, there were ugly points, but I'll tell you what, I'd be more, I'm, I'd be more embarrassed as a Steelers fan after yeah. Wednesday's performance than the Ravens. I'll tell you that right away. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have, 
their reasons. You know, the game got pushed back three times, and you know the the NFL was favoring the Ravens and everything like that. So like they have other other talking points. But yeah, I mean, the Steelers did not look very good for sure. Yeah, I mean, that was a uh, you know like a like a varsity team playing the JV team and only winning by one score. You know, yeah. that's you know not to call the Ravens JV, but you know it, it it got to that point because of how many starters and quality players are out for the Ravens. But, you know, it was really nice to see these guys step up. And I think, you know, all these guys coming off the COVID list, I mean, they have to be fired up by that performance. Absolutely. Uh, by, you know, all these young, you know, untested players that really haven't gotten a chance. Like now you see, like, you know, these guys were able to push the Steelers to a one possession game. Think about what we'll, able to, what we'll be able to do when all our starters come back. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's Hard to take a moral victory from a loss, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot and you're on the outside looking in right now. But that's kind of a, a, a moral victory, right? I mean, it's got to it's got to fire up the team. I would certainly hope so. You know, that's how we've got to take it. You know, that's how Harbaugh has got to be framing it in some way internally. You know, he's always going to be driving that kind of a message and and trying to build the team up so you know we'll just we'll just hope it works i mean we were we, we can talk more about this later but you know we were we were kind of discussing before we recorded about you know whether we thought we were a playoff team and everything else and and right now we still are so there's always some hope but uh you know you look at that baltimore ravens 2012 team and you know they lost four out of their last five and we're able to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, anything crazy can happen uh, as long as the Ravens can get hot at the right time. But, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Hopefully Harbaugh can kind of channel that message and start getting some positive results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's a good as well. You know, you, you lose, yeah. but you have. Absolutely. You know, you can, you can walk out of there with, with your head held high and you're getting all this talent back. You know, that's got to be exciting, not just for the players, but for the coaching staff to be able to, you know, inject talent back into the system. And, uh, you know, that'll that'll be a, a big push as, as the Ravens try to close this season out, like you said, on, on a high note uh, and hopefully go hot into the playoffs. Um, any other goods that you wanted to hand out? Um, I think at least for the moment, that's I, I'm probably out of uh, kudos. OK. So let's move to the other side of the coin. Um, some bad things. Was there something that you wanted to point out in particular? You know, I don't. I don't want to overstate this, um, but it's not something I really took as a positive. Justice Hill is a runner. Um, I, you know, he he had a couple moments of some, you know, almost good plays and. You know, I think you you have a great breakdown of 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 one of those, um, but I just feel like he's one of those, and I've been trying to figure out how to describe it. Crazy legs runner is <laughs> the the best way. I you know <laughs> he just doesn't. You're gonna have look, to you're gonna have to expand on crazy legs. He just doesn't look smooth to me. As he runs the football, he does not look like to me a guy that I look at and go, oh, yeah, that's a future thousand plus yard rusher. 
in the NFL. I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to say he sucks, but it just he looks messy when he runs. Is that is that a weird thing to say? I, I, I do you see any of what I'm trying to trying to get across that, there? That might be a weird thing to say. I, I think I know what you're talking about though, because it looks like everything he's trying to do, like he's trying to do everything really fast. Yes. Uh, and he is extremely fast, but it just like looks like he's forcing himself to go even faster. Yeah. Uh, and it like slows him down completely. And it's really, yeah. he, he's like waiting to hit that turbo button and can't quite get there. Cause he's fooling around with the joystick. You know, I, okay. I, I, I don't know. I, okay. I'm, I'm right. putting I words can, in your mouth, but I, I'm I can, just not impressed by Justice Hill. I can I can see it. I will, you know, I'll say that that's one of my oversights to add on the good side, because I did think that he showed quite a bit of burst on some of his runs. Uh, he showed the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He got rocked early on, yeah. uh, on, on a play, but he showed the ability to catch okay. the ball. You know, he's a third down back. For a, back. Yeah, for a third, fourth running back on the roster, I mean, you can do a lot worse. And, you know, Justice Hill, I think he's got some ability. Um, you know, if it's him and Dobbins and Edwards getting the majority of the carries moving forward, um, you know, that's oh, quite I'd a bit of juice. Oh, I'd get carries over Justice Hill. Like, really? if we're talking about, like, yeah, I, I, I just – to me, Justice Hill is a special teamer. I'm guy. I mean, I just was not. I don't know. Like, I, I know Alex Collins had a good season for us, and you know, danced a lot and scored some touchdowns, and you know, all that good bit. But he reminds me of like a poor man, Alex Collins, with speed. I don't know, just messy. I don't know. I just I don't know why I feel that way, but I just do. I don't know. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to respectfully and disagree. And maybe that's a terrible comparison. I just feel like <laughs> and I guess I rate him as a as I as I watch him run, I like think about Alex Collins and being <laughs> underwhelmed by what I'm seeing and just I don't know. Just Did you know anyway. he's back in the league? I do. He's with the Seahawks, right? He's on the Seahawks again, yeah. Yeah. That's who, that's where we initially got him from. I think the Seahawks cut him because yep. he fumbled yep. a lot. Exactly. And now he's back there. Yeah. I and know, instead of coast. fumbling with us, he, he just fumbled uh, a lot of weed in front of the cops, wow. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. That was, oh, well. Such is But me. I will say Justice Hill was a positive for me. I just forgot to mention him in the uh, – He's, so he's justice, averaging almost four years. Justice for justice is what you're trying to say right now. Justice yes. for justice. He was almost at four yards of carry so far. So, I mean, it's been all right. And, I mean, behind, you know, behind I want more that, out of my running back, CK. What can I say? Yeah, behind the, behind that offensive line against the I don't care. defensive line. Make it happen, damn it. You're supposed uh, to be amazing, then be amazing. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that's my uh, overreaction of the week or just dumb <laughs> statement of the week. But anyway, go ahead. Um, okay, so let's see. Another bad, I, so let's talk about RG3 a little bit. Uh, what did, I'm very conflicted on what my opinion is so far, or not so far. At this point, I'm still very conflicted on what my opinion is. What did you think about RG3, maybe even getting into some of the play call? I think we were talking about that a little bit. 
just just your thoughts on quarterback play. Throwing the ball was terrible. Yes. I mean, you just can't say anything but that. Was that RG3? Was that the offensive line? Was that the Steelers? Was that a bad scheme, play, receiver play? Probably all the above, right? Yeah. So I, the passing game is still a mess. Um, we knew RG3 wasn't going to come in and suddenly fix that. Um, I will say, I w- you know, obviously running the football, he was tremendous until he pulled his hammy or whatever he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. It's like you see where RG3 is great, certainly as a short-term backup. I, you know, you, you would never want to see, in my mind, we lose Lamar, we're, we're really screwed. I mean, RG3 is not. I don't see passing getting better for RG3. Am I wrong for thinking that? No. No, you're not. I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm conflicted. One is because I was just very happy to see RG3 play in general. You know, after after his short history in the league, you know, getting hurt and things like that, it's just nice to see him out there. And, and he's sure. been a Absolutely. very, very great um, influence on the quarterback room and on the team. He just seems like a nice, fun guy. Good dude. Yeah, yeah, just a good dude. And you want to see him play. You want to see him do well. So that's, you know, I, that's all good. The Where I start to, to get a little bit more negative is... I mean, I I understand that like he's not going to be Lamar, of course not. But sure. like when you when you are so pleasantly surprised at a first down with your backup quarterback in the game, something's up, right? I mean, yeah. Like you see you see other teams put backup quarterbacks in the game and uh I'm not sure that that's the feeling that that fan base gets. You know, for example, you know, this is a unique situation, but down in Miami, you have Tua and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and of course, that's not the, the usual case across the league. But, like, maybe in, in Washington, you have Haskins, and then you had Kyle Allen, now you had uh, Alex Smith coming back. Like, the drop-off hey, in expectations... when we had Matt Schaub as our back. Right, like, the, the drop-off in expectations... Is is a little too steep for me when it when it comes to uh, to RG three and and uh, you know I don't know if that's a good thing I, like it's not a good thing because you should still expect your offense to be able to move the ball uh, a little bit right mm-hmm. or is that just a is is that an overreaction because of all of the other circumstances in play for for that week? No, I don't think it's an overreaction um, because as much as the circumstances of the week did certainly play into things. I mean, we can't we can't really set those aside. There is there is definitely a systemic issue with this offense right now. What exactly that is, I'm not sure we can fully say right now. Is it truly just limitations of the players, whether that be the offensive line or the wide receivers? Is it limitations of the scheme or the play calls? You know, there there are a lot of questions, and it's probably a a bit of all of that. Um, but it's just, 
it, it, there's an overall issue there. It's not just RG3. Um, you know, if we had, you know, if RG3, RG3 was truly the system quarterback, quote unquote, quarterback shouldn't have been our issue yesterday. Yeah. Uh, against the Steelers, not yesterday. But you know what I'm saying? You know, I, yeah, that's, it's I like, think that's what I'm trying to say, too. Like, why do the yeah. expectations change so much when the quarterback changes? And, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen, like, when you go from unanimous MVP to any other quarterback. Like, it's going to be the same thing when you, I don't even know who the Chiefs backup is right now. Yeah, but, you know, but, like, what, when though, you go from Mahomes to that for, for MVP play right now, TK, we're just looking to match kind of what Lamar's been doing all this season, which I think – RG3 is fairly capable of, or we've been led to believe he is capable of that based off the fact that they're like, oh, we've got to re-sign RG3 because he's the perfect backup to Lamar and we don't have to change anything and blah, blah, blah. Well, aside from running occasionally and, and doing fairly well with that, the rest of it was terrible. Okay, yeah, I, and, and maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Is that, but it's absolutely, uh, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, yeah, that isn't right. clear. I'm absolutely agreeing with you. I mean, right. it's, it's yeah, we're supposed to have a system. Our backup quarterback is supposed to be able to come in and run that system without too much of a drop-off. Like, you know, we were supposed to, you know, all things considered, everyone else being healthy. If Lamar was out, we were supposed to be plugging in RG3 and still potentially being a playoff team. I don't know that really that would have been the case. Right. Yeah, I mean, so maybe, yeah, maybe, like that's, I think you're, you're saying what I mean to say quite Absolutely. a bit differently yeah. than, than yeah, and quite a bit better than, than I, what I was saying. But yeah, it, it just, <laughs> you know, it, it just didn't feel right that the expectations were so different. Um, I'm with you. For the team. And, and, yeah, it, I I had some issues with what Greg Roman was doing as well because when you consider you have your backup quarterback, you have you know a right tackle playing left tackle, you're starting left guard, you have a free agent, rookie free agent playing center, second year guy playing um, right guard, and then Fluker and and a, and a rookie playing right tackle, and you still go with an empty backfield and expect to be successful. Like as I, much I mean, as they kept running on those tight end sets with two tight ends that well, yeah, I mean, been on the roster and all, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm right, in the red I, zone, you're doing this shit, right? Like, and you know when yeah. you, when you expect some max protect with a couple receivers and you know let the running backs work, you do some short passes, you know three step drops and get the ball out. You didn't really see any of that. And and that's weird. That is very strange. And as much as we talk about, we just talked about running the same offense that you would with Lamar uh, starting. Like there has to be some adjustment, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, a little bit of nuance well, to the, it, part, the it, point it, that we it, just it made. Just, yeah, I mean, it basically backs up what we're just saying. Okay, well, if if RG three, which he proved against the Steelers, truly isn't probably where he needs to be to run this system, certainly with the current supporting cast, then why aren't you revised, certainly at least in the second half, 
why aren't you then adjusting your game plan to better fit what RG3 can bring to the table against the Steelers? Right. Um, right. I mean, like, it's 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 very, very weird combination of uh, sentiments there. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of bad. Um, I don't I don't believe there was a first down passing the ball until Trace McSorley came in. Um, otherwise, all of the first downs, however few there were, were on the ground, which is good mm-hmm. because, you know, even even that banged up offensive line was still able to run the ball on the Steelers defense. Um, you know, the. the there was just no I mean, I will say this, ball. moving forward, if we're not going to have Lamar for one reason or another, I'd rather see McSorley get a chance to play and at least prove whether he's worth a roster spot, you know, um, at, at this point over RG3. Um, now, obviously, yeah, RG3 is hurt, so that right. may be a moot point. But um, I, think, I think at least, you know, with respect to your point about do we have a backup that can truly run the system you know i think we you know pending lamar's availability i think we're certainly going to get a better idea whether on the field during games or at least in practice with mcsorley running the second team um and getting more minutes as the the primary backup um we should start getting a better idea about whether mcsorley is worth that spot yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like you said, it's going to have to be the case now. And and I think last week, RG three had to be the one to start the game at least. And sure, and if he, you know, as as much as we're not exactly pleased with his play and maybe how the offense looked with him under center, I think if he stays healthy with his being a threat on the ground, you know, we might be able to pull out that game and i think that's what that's what he said after well actually game. that's a good point if he doesn't you know, pull up lane we might have won that game yeah so, well, I mean, i'm, I'm, like I'm dangerous on the ground rg3 a lot of a lot of stick about his play but you know the reality is he was hurt also playing hurt yeah and uh, like that's that's continues to be where where that conflict comes in is with me at least you know it, am i really disappointed or is it just, you know, just bad circumstances all coming together yeah. at once? Sure. And and that's what makes it hard, and that's what makes getting much out of this game hard, because just the circumstances were so bizarre. Sure. And, um, and then just a weird game to to uh, try to analyze. But um, what see. else you got? Let's see. That yeah, honestly, that was a lot of it. Um, well, I've got I've got one more rant sure. to go on. Um, go just another, despite the one reception and a touchdown, just another week of games where we have to watch AJ Brown, <laughs> DK Metcalf show they are monsters, and Hollywood, quote unquote doesn't even really show up until, you know, the very end of the game when the game's essentially over. I'm, I just, you know, it just really, I love the Ravens and I love Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta. I, I love the NFL draft. 
and it bothers the absolute crap out of me that we continue to whiff so hugely on wide receivers. Marquise Brown is a deep threat. That's it. And instead of getting a go-to monster like A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf, who were both on the board and we could have taken, among other people in that draft, we took a small little deep threat that may have some good games occasionally, but is not your go-to guy. Bottom line. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw a post uh, earlier this week that was, um, do you remember that, that picture of DK Metcalf that came out um, yep. of him in the gym? And that's actually A.J. Brown standing next to him, his yeah. teammate back in college. And uh, it said, like, yeah, the Ravens looked at these two guys and said, nah, give me the 5'8 dude with a screw in his foot. So, yeah. You know. Like, the uh, fact that he was sure. hurt when we drafted him makes it even crazier. Like, what? What do we do when we watch wide receiver tape? Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think he can be a difference maker. Like, you know, he he did show that ability, but you know, it it, it does I mean, make you I scratch your head a little bit. Put him on punt return, I guess. I mean, it's like I'm not like we gotta isolate him with the ball until you start figuring out ways to do that. He's not going to be the guy that's going to assert himself onto this game. Where somebody like a DK Metcalf, somebody like an AJ Brown, big wide receivers, just get that ball to me and I'm going to go get it. Where's that from our little midget that runs around and, and is great at avoiding tackles by sliding or ducking out of bounds? You know, and that's great for his health. I'm not saying he should be hurting himself, but then you watch these guys these other monsters on the field going up and grabbing the ball and all that stuff that you want out of your number one wide receiver. And we go get a deep threat in the first round. Great. Let's do that. Let's get another Mark Clayton with a little bit more speed. Yeah, definitely a head scratcher. I mean, the, the more you see week to week, it's, it's a head scratcher. I, I mean, I still do believe in him. I do think that he can make some plays. I do think that he has a lot more production in him than what he's shown so far. But, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough to see those guys go out there. And I mean, are those guys going to be – Oh, don't get me wrong. If the, he was on the, the Steelers right now, I'm sure they would have somehow figured out a way to make it work. Yeah. And he'd, yeah, be, he'd be Antonio Jr. Yeah. But for some reason, whether it's coaching, whether it's something – just get the wrong guys. We, you know, I don't know if anyone back in the day, and his name's escaping me, but for those Orioles fans out there, Sid Thrift had a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. pitcher one year that he ran through this stupid gauntlet of exercise that was dumb, and he blew out his shoulder and never pitched for the Orioles, essentially. Oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on the name too. It's like, are we doing that to our wide receivers now? Every time in training camp, we have some weird thing when, when rookie wide receivers or even like free agent wide receivers that we hope are going to be good, you know, they come in and go through our crazy uh, 
you know, conditioning and somehow that like ruins wide receivers. I mean, I'm like, what, there's gotta be something, right? I, I don't like, I don't get it. Yeah, there's gotta be something. And it's either the evaluation or it's the continued coaching or, you know, it's, it's something. And, you know, whoever Smith, can figure that was out. The, was the pitcher for the Orioles, by the way, but anyway, continue. Whoever, whoever figure out that issue is going to have a job with the organization. So. Absolutely. They may I mean, be the next GM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be the next uh, Ozzy and DeCosta relationship. Will be the Scott uh, DeCosta, DeCosta and will be the guy that uh, can, can finally find a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'll start or working on it. Or maybe the heir to John Harbaugh, if they can develop wide receivers, one or the other, preferably both. Yeah. The uh, the other thing I that's just like become bad and maybe even ugly to me is like commentators continuing to talk about uh Harbaugh's special teams coaching when uh when they forced the fumble early on and, and Levine recovered Chris Collinsworth said like well yeah I mean you know John Harbaugh used to be a special teams coach like dude okay that was what yeah. 13 years ago <laughs> And well, in fairness, that, that is always going to be a talking point. We're never going to get away. That's what I'm saying, that. man. It's just it's bad now. It's like it's no yeah. longer relevant. They they don't say yeah. that for anybody else, any other coach. They did for Jeff Fisher a lot. Oh, because he was a special he team wasn't, guy. He was a big special teams guy, and they'd always talk. I feel like they'd always talk about that with Jeff Fisher, and of course they'd bring up the Music City Miracle and. Oh that. yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, but yeah, he's he will never ever shake that for the rest of his life. No, and he will always that, be it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's fun. Anytime anybody on the special teams does anything, yeah. Like you know, Tucker, so Tucker though, makes a field I'm, I'm goal. I'm good with that. I you know, in a lot of ways, I think you know. I mean, and this is. I know you weren't making a point. You know, to the to the opposite of this, but you know, just the fact that. You know, Harbaugh was a special teams coach versus one of the other coordinators, I think, has added to his longevity because we haven't seen the the Brian Billick, oh, I'm going to take over the offense and fix this. And then you put your neck out on the line and then it's all over when you can't get it done, you know, as the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't you know, we're never going to see that as, you know, Coach Harbaugh, you know, doing anything like that. And let's face it, if he did it as a special teams coordinator for some reason, which I, I never see him doing, of course, in season, because usually those guys are like his best buds or or a, like assistant head coach or, you know, he always mm-hmm. tends to try to elevate those guys. But, uh, you know, should that unexpectedly happen, if he were to take over special teams and be like, you know, the special teams coordinator and head coach, okay, like I'm not going to. I'm not going to fire him because of that necessarily, um, you know, but, uh, but anyway, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think that's yeah. actually helped, um, you know, in some ways it may have hurt us, you know, just, just schematically maybe, um, or consistent schematically, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I just I just think it's funny that he's been a head coach for 13 years. Oh, wait. anytime the anytime the special teams shit. does anything, he's just like, well, you know, he used to be a special teams coach. <laughs> like, well, exactly. you know, a long time ago, he probably 
you know, he probably has some input on special teams. He's but, only won uh, a Super Bowl, and it's been eight years since he won that Super Bowl with the right. team. And you know, it's like right, right. I mean, he, he's done. Uh, he's done other greater yeah. things than be a special teams coordinator. But yeah, I, I found that funny. They they never let that go. Um, did you have anything else to add on this game, or should we move forward and talk about uh, the yeah? The I, I, Cowboys? I think we can. I think we can move forward and. Talking about the Cowboys a little bit. We've, right. we've droned on and on for a while here. Hopefully, people are still paying attention. Yeah, I, I barely am. So, okay. Uh, week, what is this? Week 14? Man, I'm, I'm losing count of everything these days. Yeah, week 14. Dallas yeah. Cowboys come to town. Struggling Cowboys team. They're 3 and 8. They're 1 and 4 on the road, uh, which as the Ravens are only 2 and 3 at home this year, which is kind of weird. But, um, uh, interesting matchup. The Ravens are getting several guys back from the COVID list, including, as of today, Lamar Jackson. It looks like he'll be ready to start on Tuesday. Hopefully see some things get back to normal on the offense. Um, we pointed out before we started recording that uh, the Cowboys have some weapons. They have Amari Cooper. They have CeeDee Lamb. And, uh, you know, they have Ezekiel Elliott, who's maybe having a down year, but, you know, he still has some some pretty solid ability. Does the Cowboys team pose a major threat to the Ravens as they come in? I, I Generally, no. Um, but, you know, certainly if the Ravens come in playing like, you know, they they can play at times. And they're beating themselves. You know, anything can happen. You know, we're certainly, um, you know, as you said, they've got some weapons. So we can't, I mean, I think the Ravens should win the game. You know, I I don't want to act like, you know, it's, the sky is falling. And, you know, I think the Ravens will have enough talent back, certainly defensively, I would imagine, to handle their weapons. But if for some reason the offense can't can't get it going uh, against that Dallas defense, you know, I mean, it's, you know, um, they've got guys that can make a play. So I think the key is we just don't want to – we don't want to leave it to a place where all Dallas has to do is make a couple plays to win the game. Yeah, it, it's it's the situation where, like, you can't play down to yeah. to the other team. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, you can't, can't do that for sure because, like you said, they do have a couple guys who could make you pay for it if they can keep it close. Um the Cowboys have a, a quarterback that the that the Ravens are very familiar with, and Andy Dalton. You know, it, he's at a very different stage in his career than than uh, when he was, uh, you know, on some on some pretty decent Bengals teams. But um, I think this is an offensive line that has regressed uh, for the Cowboys. It is a defense that has regressed for the Cowboys. Um, you know, while they do have the weapons, I mean, they just seem to have a hard time getting them the ball consistently. And with guys coming back on the defense like Calais Campbell and Brain Williams practicing, um, I think the defense should be in a pretty good position to play well. Um, you know, hopefully Anik Ngakwe can have a good game uh, and, and, you know, hopefully try to force some turnovers, whether it be like a forced fumble or, or forcing an interception with an early pass or errant pass. Um, but I do think that the defense should have another good day, uh, especially getting some talent back uh, up front. 
Yeah, I would certainly hope so. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, as you said, they're familiar with Dalton. You know, I, I, it's not – shouldn't be anything that, that crazy coming from the Cowboys that, that I'm, I'd be all that concerned about outside of – they like, like we said, they can't play down to the competition. They've got to make sure they're handling their business. I think the defense certainly will with with all, all the guys that are hopefully coming back. You know, what we really need to see here, you know, we're going to – we have a huge game the following week. We cannot overlook Dallas thinking about Cleveland, but, you know, they do really – you know, I, hopefully this is the game where they're able to pad their stats a bit, get guys healthy, get in a rhythm, and, you know – Get get the uh, the hot streak started. Yeah, I mean, you know, last time we overlooked an opponent like this was the Patriots, and the Patriots beat the Ravens. Yeah. Um, but this, hopefully, what it turns into is, is kind of a get right game, uh, where uh, you kind of get back on track with your with your guys coming back from injury and from the COVID list, you get back on track in the win column, you get back on track, just, you know, playing a, a good complimentary game, uh, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. The, the Cowboys defense has given up almost 33 points a game. You know, they're giving up almost 400 yards a game. So it, it is possible and it is seemingly fairly easy to not only move the ball, but score points on this defense with Lamar coming back. Um, you you mentioned a great point before we started uh, recording about not having Mark Andrews and really Snead out there for Lamar, and I'll I'll let you get into that. But it could be um, an interesting situation in the passing game in which having those guys might turn out to be a long term benefit. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly you never want to see your top two receivers out of the game, and 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 it's very possible each of those guys or one of each could play. Um, but if, if for example, Snead and and uh, Mark Andrews are for sure both out, you know, then hey, it, it like like you were hinting at there, we've got Lamar's got to start throwing to Marquise Brown and Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. God, God knows we should never throw the ball to those other tight ends. But um, don't forget Des Bryant playing his form. Well, yes, team. and thank yeah. you, and Des Bryant. You know, and really, Des Bryant at this point needs to start running those routes that we sort of anticipated that Mark Andrews would run. I mean, we need to start using him almost as a quasi-tight end because Luke Wilson is not that guy. Oh, no. my God. Talking about things that were bad from the last game, I mean, that. A, a touchdown. Oh yeah, we didn't even we didn't even cover that. That end you know of the first that half. would have changed everything. Yeah, so, we didn't even cover that end of the first half, but we can talk about that yeah, a little bit so, afterwards. Yeah, so I mean, just just frustrating, but but anyhow, that's where I see Des Bryant fitting. I mean, outside of the Willie Sneed role, I mean, really, they need to start using him more into that quasi Mark Andrews role while he's out. And also Devin DuVernay, holy crap, let's get him the freaking ball. I mean, I can't – well, but the thing is, it's the same issue that we're having with Marquise Brown. They're deep threat type players that we've got to, you know, figure out ways to get the ball in their hands because they're not necessarily going to create space outside of through speed themselves, or they're not necessarily going to be those guys that 
make the contested passes when there's tight coverage. So, you know, if, if that's the case, how do we get these guys open between screens or crossing patterns or whatever that is? Let's go. Let's see that. Like, break that out of the, out of the uh, back of the playbook and, and let's see if it works. Yeah, I mean, you have to manufacture touches for guys like that. But, but I think your overall point about having or being forced to include yeah. other guys in the offense is going to be important because the trust has to come from somewhere. Right. I mean, it comes from practice and it, it has to happen in the games where, you know, you throw a pass, a contested pass out to Des Bryant and he makes the catch and gets a first down. Then, you know, that gets things going for you. You know, mm-hmm. Devin DuVernay makes a couple guys miss and, you know, you get that confidence, you get that trust in, in each and every guy on the offense. And then again, like just like we're talking about the defense, you know, playing well, but then also getting talent back. If the offense can play well, then you get to add back Mark Andrews and and yeah. Willie Sneed, you know, so I mean that's this this game I guess can be that launching point, and I think it has to be that launching point if the Ravens, like we said, need to get hot. This needs to be the game where where that ember starts going a little bit. Yeah, I mean we almost need to look at it like for the offense this or for the wide receivers really. This is their audition. This is their you know fourth game of the preseason with it actually counting, you know, that they're actually getting a chance to show that they need to be on the field. And this includes Brown. I mean, you know, it's, it's time, you know, whether that's Des, whether that's DuVernay, James Prochet, who I would love to see make, make a, uh, make somewhat of a point that, that he deserves more snaps. So uh, it could be a big for a lot of, a lot of players on, on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and uh, did did you want to cover that uh, at the end of the first half, or uh, what whatever happened, the delay of game? I sure go for it. Okay, so my thought is, I think the Steelers did exactly what they're coached to do, um, which is take a long time to stand up. You see other teams do it all the time. You probably see the Ravens do it quite a bit when their uh, you know backs are up against the wall with the clock yep. as their friend. It's it's not out of the ordinary. Um, I do think maybe a, a flag should have been thrown, but I mean the Steelers did what they're trained to do. The refs did not, and it's and it's such an easy cop out to blame the refs for losing. But you know that did end up being a, a pretty strong turning point in the game, and uh, you know just just unfortunate that that's the way that that it turned out. But I, I don't blame the Steelers players uh, for their actions. No, no, not at all. I mean, and I don't, you know, if. If that was truly a penalty, they should have thrown a flag, but I, I'm not hanging my hat for that loss on that, you know, that sequence. I think it was ugly overall um, for the Ravens. So that particular situation, I don't know that I can point to and say, oh, well, that's the reason why, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about all I have yep. to say about that. Okay. Yeah, that that's it. Uh, and it just it just seemed like a a point that sure, uh, a Ravens yeah, podcast should cover. Yeah, um, okay, let's get into let's get into a prediction real quick. Ravens host the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday night football. What do you think we're gonna get here? <sighs> let's see. I, I I'm gonna say the Ravens are able to, uh, you know, bust out a little bit. You know, Lamar gets excited because he's finally back on the field. I think he's got a little bit more spring in his step. Um, so I'm going to say we win 28 to 10. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that the that um, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper it kind of kind of be a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Lamar goes off a little bit. I got Ravens thirty three, uh, Cowboys seventeen, and uh, you know before the season, I think I had uh, my Super Bowl matchup was Ravens Cowboys, and that's looking very interesting at the moment, but. The Cowboys only one game, only one game out of first place in the NFC East, so that, that it's still possible. Deep, the monster that is the NFC East, yeah, know, that, that everybody talks about as being the, the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we we got the Ravens bouncing back. I think it's going to be a launching pad kind of game, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, if you don't have anything else to add, do you want to sign us off? Yeah, I think we'll sign it off. Sign it off here. Uh, you know, as we join this uh, lazy Sunday, not watching the Ravens, but recording a podcast. I know that I am looking forward to the Ravens getting back on a regular schedule, and I'm sure everybody else is. So that said, I hope you're still enjoying a, a faux bye week Sunday, uh, hanging out, watching the rest of the games while we prep for our game on Tuesday. So let's. Go.